Welcome to the Living Healthy Podcast, where you can improve your quality of life by making solid and informed decisions. I'm your host, Eddie Randall. Thank you for joining me this evening for Season 2, Episode 2 of the Living Healthy Podcast. Tonight's podcast is entitled, Foods and Methods that Boost Mental Health. It is no secret that eating healthy improves your overall health and well-being. Eating healthy decreases the risk of cardiovascular ailments such as obesity, kidney disease, and diabetes. Eating healthy can also improve mood and mental health. It makes sense, as the cliché states, that you are what you eat. Poor nutrition can propagate or mitigate depression, ADHD, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and other mental issues. A healthy diet can also promote cognitive health and help to prevent disorders such as dementia and Alzheimer's later on in life. This is ever so important as Alzheimer's can begin to change the brain in people as early as the age of 40. Processed foods, enriched foods, and high sugar content can induce oxidative stress and inflammation, which can harm mental health. How foods impact mental health. It all starts in the gut. Gut health is gaining more traction as doctors and scientists are gaining more information on how important it is to the body. As an example, optimal stomach health plays a huge role in immune function. I covered that in a podcast back in season one. If you've not heard that, I advise to please check it out. It's called Promoting Immunity Through Stomach Health and Wellness. In regard to mental health, the nutrients you absorb influence neural pathways. FrederickHealth.org states that 95% of serotonin is produced in the GI tract and the good bacteria helps to aid in absorption and the activation of neural pathways. The vagus nerve is the main part of the parasympathetic nervous system. It is extremely important as it carries sensory information from the internal organs to the brain. Examples of vagus nerve responsibility include taste, sensory information from heart and lungs, as well as heart rate, breathing, and digestion. It plays a role in digestion via neural pathways via the stomach, which in turn can influence mental health. On psychologytoday.com, they state that the vagus nerve links mental and physical processes and plays a role in mental health by regulating mood. Eating healthy foods keeps you in a good mood and can improve mental health. It's vital to eat regular meals in normal portions. In juxtaposition, crash dieting over a period of time will leave you lethargic and unable to think clearly. In general, it's best to avoid eating large amounts of food that boosts glucose quickly. It's also beneficial to avoid excessive amounts of caffeine. Keeping blood glucose regulated along with caffeine can greatly affect mood. Diets consisting of vegetables, healthy oils, and foods that are rich in minerals, vitamins, and nutrients are not only the best for the body, but they are best for the brain as well. There's an article published in the Indian Journal of Psychiatry called Understanding Nutrition, Depression, and Mental Illness. It was written by Sathi Anayara Yanareo, Asha, Ramesh, and others. 
They state that deficiencies in vitamins, minerals, and omega-3 fatty acids are common in people who suffer from mental disorders. They further state that supplements containing these nutrients help to alleviate mental disorders. How processed foods impact mental health. We know that there is evidence showing that mental health is linked to a poor diet. That being said, processed food and genetically modified food are as unhealthy to the body as they are to the mind. Shockingly, about 70% of food in the United States is processed, whether it's bread, rice, meat, or cereal, to name a few. The majority of food sold in the United States is either refined, enriched, packed with sugar, or a synthetic sugar alternative. When it comes to meat, nitrates are added to preserve freshness and help meat to maintain that reddish pink color even though nitrates are listed as a known carcinogen. I bring this up because, unfortunately, America is a world leader when it comes to mental health disorders, and it may be linked to our food. In addition, we have cutting-edge world-class technology and education. Despite all this, citizens are plagued with mental disorders. The CDC states that over half of all Americans will have a mental disorder at some point. They go on to state that one in five Americans will develop a mental disorder at any time, and one in five children have or will develop a mental disorder as well. Finally, they state that one in 25 Americans will have a significant mental disorder. To me, those numbers are high, and I'm not denying that genetics play a factor. However, you would figure in a land where we have unbridled freedom and can literally do whatever we want and live carefree, that we would be as happy and, and as content as we could ever be. Now, it's either genetics that are the issue or the things that we are eating or a mixture of both. Given my education and background, I think that genetics play a part, but the substantial element is what we eat. This is why, as people gain more education and awareness and held manufacturers accountable, that organic grocery stores are now common in juxtaposition to 20 years ago. When I was in college, I took abnormal psychology and learned that the American Psychiatric Association produces the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Essentially, Doctors get together and they determine what is and what is not a mental disorder. I don't know their complete process for criteria, but what they do is look at disorders and one year something uh, would be considered a mental disorder. The next year or so, that same disorder would be reclassified and removed as it would be considered not a mental disorder, but something normal in society. This happened as America became more accepting more open, and more politically correct. Despite this, there are still so many mental disorders and the numbers are surprising. This is what leads many to believe that diet, or an unhealthy diet, is a major contributor to mental illness. There are other factors that play a role, such as excessive drug abuse, traumatic events, and extremely violent events that usually involve death. Granted, many mental disorders are genetic, and with genetics, you can't choose your traits or change your genetic makeup that you're born with. Obviously, I'm not talking about things that people can do like get a nose job or dye their hair. I'm talking about your genome 
which contains your chromosomes, which contain all your genetic information, like how tall you be, skin color, eye color, gender, and mental idiosyncrasies, etc. Foods and methods for specific illnesses. Many of the foods and methods to increase or decrease the neurotransmitters are congruent with the illness. So I will be repeating those foods and methods where they apply. That being said, the foods that I will mention, try to get them as organic. If you cannot, then you can go for conventional. Just make sure that you wash both very well and remove any pesticides. Organic foods use pesticides just like conventional agriculture. However, the difference is, is that organic foods use organic pesticides which do not have potential to become carcinogenic as their conventional counterpart. That being said, neurotransmitters have long been associated with mental disorders. How a person regulates neurotransmitters is inherited. An increase or inability to regulate the neurotransmitter dopamine is linked to schizophrenia. This regulation can either be responsible for too much or too little dopamine. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter that is responsible for happiness, joy, pleasure, and a feeling of well-being. The drug clozapine is perhaps the most popular drug that's used to treat schizophrenia. Clozapine helps to reduce dopamine as an excess of dopamine can lead to conditions like hallucinations and irrational behavior, which are common symptoms of schizophrenia. Serotonin is another neurotransmitter believed to lead to schizophrenia. It's a neurotransmitter similar to dopamine as it's associated with feelings of joy and contentment. As with dopamine, excessive levels or faulty regulation uh, can lead to schizophrenia and irrational thought. When it comes to dopamine and serotonin, Abnormal levels, whether too much or too little, are responsible for mental illness. A person can, can become overwhelmed by an event or events and develop schizophrenia. On mentalhealthamerica.org, they state that imbalances of serotonin and dopamine affect how the brain reacts and the person can become overwhelmed with sensory information. Inflammation predisposes people to ailments. This can range anywhere from arthritis to cancer. Inflammation can have the same effect when it comes to the mind, and in particular, schizophrenia. And just like in the body, there are foods for inflammation that can help treat the mind. On clinicalnutritionresearch.org, there's an article by Cha and Yang called Anti-Inflammatory Diets and Schizophrenia. They state that people with schizophrenia often lack proper nutrition and that anti-inflammatory diets, which contain omega-3 fatty acids, can decrease triggers and predisposition of the illness. Now I will get into the foods that can be used to help prevent or mitigate schizophrenia, and you would not have to worry about harmful side effects of some medications. I'm not saying to ignore your psychiatrist's advice and to not take your meds. You should always consult your doctor before starting a diet or making any significant lifestyle changes, especially involving your medication and mental health. I'm just going to go over some foods that you can use to implement into your diet that are good for your body. A gluten-free diet has been recommended for the treatment of schizophrenia. Schizophrenia and celiac disease 
have often been diagnosed in the same patient, but not always. The two conditions are linked in that celiac disease occurs when the immune system attacks the body when you eat anything with gluten in it. When the body is unable to digest gluten, the excess gluten forms gluteomorphins and can influence behavior and cause mental issues. For this reason, many believe that a gluten-free diet can and does help to alleviate schizophrenia. There's a study published in the Journal of Psychiatry and Neuroscience. It was conducted by Kelly, Demjanovic, Rodriguez, and several others. Their article is called Randomized Control Trial of a Gluten-Free Diet in Patients with Schizophrenia Positive for Anti-Gliadin Antibodies AGA-IgG, a pilot feasibility study. Their participants had high levels of AGA-IgG, which results when excess gluten makes its way into the bloodstream. These participants did not have celiac disease, but did suffer from schizophrenia. They were given a five-week gluten-free diet, and at the end of the study, they discovered that the participants' psychiatric health improved dramatically. Foods to avoid on a gluten-free diet include bread, wheat, wheat germ, barley, rye, spelt, enriched flour, gram flour, and beer. Foods that you can eat include rice, quinoa, cornmeal, beef, chicken, turkey, salmon, tuna, and literally all fruits and vegetables. Limiting gluten not only helps alleviate schizophrenia symptoms, but it can also improve digestive health. And this is vital as most psychiatric drugs are notorious for causing weight gain. As I suggest with all diets, please consult your PCP before making any drastic changes. Bipolar disorder is another mental disorder where people experience extreme highs and extreme lows. Other symptoms include suicidal thoughts, depression, being overjoyed and overly energetic. As with other mental illnesses, bipolar disorder is thought to arise from a traumatic event, a life-changing event, or it can be inherited. The imbalance of these neurotransmitters include the following. Acetylcholine, dopamine, gamma-aminobutyric acid, glutamate, norepinephrine, and serotonin. Low levels of acetylcholine are associated with mania, which describes the excessive overjoyed feeling that people with bipolar disorder experience. Increased levels of dopamine are also associated with mania. And this is why most doctors prescribe lithium, as lithium works to lower the levels of dopamine. Gamma-aminobutyric acid, also known as GABA, is an inhibitory neurotransmitter. It prevents the nervous system from becoming overly excited and the anti-seizure medication gabapentin is often prescribed. GABA levels are typically low in a person with bipolar disorder. This can lead to anxiety and depression. I wanted to take a moment to say thank you for supporting the podcast. The Living Healthy Podcast is listed on many platforms, including Anchor, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Bullhorn, and many others. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to check out the Living Healthy Podcast channel on YouTube. 
Also, if you have any questions or would like me to discuss a particular topic or you'd like to be a guest on the show, please contact me at livinghealthylivinghealthy at gmail.com. Glutamate is a vital neurotransmitter that is used in cell signaling. A person with bipolar disorder will have elevated levels and these elevated levels can cause PTSD, anxiety, depression, ADHD, and obsessive compulsive disorder. Norepinephrine works as a hormone and a neurotransmitter. What it does is it aids in the fight and flight regulation. Elevated norepinephrine leads to anxiety attacks, panic attacks, and a feeling of being overjoyed, which is classic in bipolar disorder. In cases where norepinephrine is low, it can cause severe depression, which is also a symptom of bipolar disorder. Low serotonin levels are also found in patients with bipolar disorder. Serotonin is a hormone that works in digestive health as well as regulation of mood and happiness. Decreased levels result in depression, anxiety, as well as sleep disorders. There are several foods that you can try to help ease the symptoms of bipolar disorder. In regard to a low acetylcholine, you can eat foods rich in choline, which can then be converted in the body to acetylcholine. Food rich in choline include milk, yogurt, eggs, mackerel, salmon, chicken, pork, lamb, and beef. Dopamine is not only linked to mental illness, but it's also tied in with addictive behavior involving food and drugs. Excessive dopamine results in obesity and other health issues. Methods to try to reduce dopamine include exercise, basically anything that can tire you out like cycling, weightlifting, squats, push-ups, curls, etc. You can also stop yourself from engaging in an addictive, overly pleasurable or spontaneous experience. When you give in to addiction, pleasure or spontaneity, this increases dopamine levels. Some foods to avoid are excess sugar, high fatty foods, caffeine, and soda. As far as GABA, foods that increase it are fish, mushrooms, sweet potatoes, rice, cabbage, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, spinach, tomatoes, beef, lentils, and garlic. In regard to the high glutamate level, you can avoid gelatins, monosodium glutamate, carrageenan, broth, maltodextrin, vinegar, brewer's yeast, tomatoes, mushrooms, and skim milk. Low GABA and high glutamate have both been implicated in bipolar disorder. Some foods may be a contraindication like tomatoes and mushrooms. You know your body. You know how your body reacts to certain foods. So it would be ideal to pay attention to what works for you. And as I always say, consult your PCP. Norepinephrine levels are known to be on both ends of the spectrum, high and low, in a person that has bipolar disorder. So what you can do if your norepinephrine levels are low is you can increase them by eating bananas, beans, chicken, eggs, salmon, tuna, beef, chicken, turkey, and oatmeal. For GABA, you can increase this neurotransmitter with mushrooms, sweet potatoes, rice, cabbage, broccoli, 
Brussels sprouts, spinach, tomatoes, beef, lentils, and garlic. There are also many supplements out there that can help to regulate norepinephrine, like L-tyrosine. For those with low serotonin, the foods that boost it are eggs, turkey, salmon, peanuts, tofu, pineapples, cheese, and milk. Obsessive-compulsive disorder is when a person's life is disrupted by obsessions and repetitive actions. Examples include straightening up a room repeatedly when it's already organized and washing your hands over and over even though they are already clean. While most people like to check and double-check things to make sure a task is complete, a person with OCD will have their lives disrupted trying to recheck and redo tasks already done. In addition, some who suffer from this condition will know that their reaction is not normal. The neurotransmitters involved in OCD are dopamine, GABA, glutamate, and serotonin. These neurotransmitters promote a similar response in people with bipolar disorder and obsessive-compulsive disorder. So they are the same instructions as far as food is concerned. You can do things to try to limit dopamine like exercising and trying to prevent from engaging in addictive behavior. In addition, avoiding caffeine with soda would be ideal. For GABA, as with bipolar disorder, you can increase this neurotransmitter with fish, mushrooms, sweet potatoes, rice, cabbage, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, spinach, tomatoes, beef, lentils, and garlic. Foods to avoid for high glutamate levels include gelatins, monosodium glutamate, carrageenan, broth, maltodextrin, vinegar, brewer's yeast, tomatoes, mushrooms, and skim milk. For low serotonin, the foods that boost it are eggs, turkey, salmon, peanuts, tofu, pineapples, cheese, and milk. Anxiety is normal and natural, but when it becomes severe enough, it becomes a mental disorder that affects the person with thoughts of extreme fear, unease, and uncertainty. The neurotransmitters involved are acetylcholine, dopamine, GABA, norepinephrine, and serotonin. Acetylcholine is the neurotransmitter responsible for heart regulation, blood vessel dilation, and smooth muscle contraction. Foods high in choline include whole grains, eggs, beef, chicken, lamb, tuna, and salmon. Ways to lower dopamine, as I mentioned earlier, can be done through exercise, running, weightlifting, cycling, and avoiding coffee and sugary drinks. For GABA, as with bipolar disorder, you can increase this neurotransmitter with mushrooms, sweet potatoes, rice, cabbage, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, spinach, tomatoes, beef, lentils, and garlic. Norepinephrine can be lowered by workouts and vigorous exercise, which can result in weight loss. Getting adequate sleep, eating fruits, honey, avocados, and whole grains, as well as eggs and salmon, are also ways to lower norepinephrine. For low serotonin, the foods that boost it are eggs, turkey, salmon, peanuts, tofu, pineapples, cheese, and milk. ADHD. It is also known as Attention Deficit Hypersensitivity Disorder. People with this disorder have difficulty sitting still, paying attention, and have difficulty in relationships with others. 
This condition starts in childhood and can continue to affect the individual well into adulthood. The neurotransmitters involved are dopamine, serotonin, epinephrine, and norepinephrine. Dopamine levels are normally low in individuals with ADHD. Ways to increase dopamine is by eating chocolate, tuna, salmon, beef, chicken, oranges, apples, pears, and bananas. As mentioned previously, you can boost serotonin by eating eggs, turkey, salmon, pineapples, peanuts, tofu, milk, and cheese. Epinephrine is a stress hormone and neurotransmitter. Foods to increase epinephrine are beef, chicken, turkey, chocolate, broccoli, cabbage, beets, carrots, apples, bananas, and whole grains. Methods to increase epinephrine include listening to music, exercise, prayer, meditation, and getting good, restful, solid sleep. To increase norepinephrine, you can eat bananas, beans, chicken, eggs, salmon, tuna, beef, chicken, oatmeal, and turkey. Methods to increase norepinephrine include listening to music, exercise, prayer, meditation, as well as getting restful sleep. While all mental disorders are unfortunate, there are plights that sometimes cannot be helped due to genetics. PTSD is something that can occur to people who put themselves in harm's way to make sure we are all safe. They live to uphold freedom and to protect the fabric of our society. This can be anyone, but not limited to EMTs, police, firefighters, army, Air Force, Marines, and Navy members. PTSD is a disorder where people witness or go through a very traumatic event. There can be triggers that initiate flashbacks of the event. This can cause severe fear and bring on the sudden urge that the person must immediately defend themselves, even though there is no immediate threat. This mostly happens to members of the armed forces who face combat. According to the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, during the Vietnam War, 30% of veterans suffered from PTSD. During the Gulf War, 12% of veterans suffered from PTSD. And during Operation Iraqi Freedom, 20% of veterans suffered from PTSD. Some of the symptoms include anxiety, severe irritability, suicidal thoughts, aggression, nightmares of the event, feelings of guilt, extreme fear, depression, and detachment from family and friends. PTSD can also occur in people who are not military personnel. A traumatic, life-changing event like witnessing a horrific car accident involving death or what a woman may feel if she's raped. For PTSD, norepinephrine, serotonin, and dopamine would be in high concentration and GABA would be at a low concentration. The best treatment involves trauma-focused psychotherapies. This involves cognitive processing therapy, where you talk about the event and focus on how you think about it. It also involves stress inoculation training, where exercises in dealing with stress and anxiety are taught. PTSD.va.gov states that cognitive processing therapy tries to get at the basic understanding of the event and helps the individual understand and process the event. There are also medications that can help PTSD 
as with all mental disorders. Avoid processed foods. Avoiding processed foods is paramount when it comes to health and wellness, and that is something we all strive for and talk about on a regular basis. However, when we think of this, we're thinking about losing weight, getting fit, and staying fit and extending life. We really don't think of avoiding processed foods for brain health or mental health. As people continue to strive to live healthy and become more informed about their health and what they can do to obtain it, the demand for non-GMO and organic foods will continue to rise. I suggest organic foods for brain health as an alternative or as an addition to a medical treatment plan. As always, consult your doctor. No drug is perfect and no food is perfect. Aside from that, everyone is different, everyone reacts differently, and your genetic makeup plays a role in how your body will respond. That's why I stress to try different things from the foods mentioned earlier to see what works for you. Supplements. Depending on the severity of your illness, there are supplements out there as well. Examples include vitamin B12, zinc, probiotics, magnesium, and acetylcholine. Just do your research to see what may work for you based on your mental health. Just like those commercials where they say, ask your doctor if a particular drug is right for you. Ask your doctor about any supplements or dietary changes you are thinking about and get his, his or her input. The biggest thing is to get help because help is out there and there are resources to aid you in what you're dealing with. In the description of this podcast, I have included some links and phone numbers as resources. The websites and phone numbers are uh, for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, the Department of Veterans Affairs, SuicidePreventionLifeline.org, and MentalHealth.gov. That's going to do it for Episode 2 of Season 2 of the Living Healthy Podcast. As always, thank you for your continued support. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. And remember, living healthy creates a better you.